Praise the Lord. Amen. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. In the name of Christ, in the character of Christ, for the glory of Christ, in the power of Christ, because of the witness of Christ. Amen. We pray. Amen. <clears throat> Come on, man. That's all right. That's how we, this is how we roll. I didn't know there was, it was, we were going to have like so much humidity in here this morning. It's pretty awesome though, man, just to be out in this cloud. Praise the Lord. So check this out. Um, really quickly, I have this question for you. All right. Uh, and I want you to give me some answers. Okay. Um, uh, when, you, when, you hear, when you hear the term leadership or when you think of leadership, I want to know what word comes to mind. What word comes to mind when, when you think of leadership? What are some of the first words that come to mind? Go. Come on. What? Grace. Grace. All right. What else? Integrity. 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 What else? Trust. Trust. All right, check this out. When it, comes to, um, when it comes to leadership in the workplace, at work, all right, at your job, whether you're leading in your job or whether you're serving in your job, we're all leaders. So, so um, what are some words that come you know, to mind when you talk about leadership in the workplace? Come on. Responsibility. Okay, pretend that says responsibility. I'm listening. Humility. It was a solid start. What else? Example. example. All right. Good word. All right. Example. All right. Now, when it comes to leadership at school, like I say, at school. All right. And uh, well, what are some words there? Come on. Teaching. Teaching. All right. What else? What was another one? Compassion. All right. <laughs> Don't make fun of me, man. Don't judge me. All right? I'm doing all right? Okay, good. All right, when it comes to leadership in your house, in your home, give me some words. Organization. Organization. I'm just going to put org. Love. All right. What else? Discipline. Discipline. Strength. All right, unity, respect, communication, communication. <laughs> All right, so, okay, let me just ask you this. Okay, all right, this is, oh, I threw this earlier and then I couldn't find it later. I need it right now. I was like, yeah, right on. All right, so check this out. When it comes to you leading you, when it comes to you leading you, all right, do these words describe you? Get a little close up, come on. They can't see, I can't see those words up there. Okay, all right, do these words describe, but I can't see anyway, so anyway, so all right. <laughs> You're like, what is big deal, right? <laughs> I could see you guys. There are probably people back there. All right, so when, when it comes to, do, do, do these words, grace, responsibility, humility, example, love, do, do they respond, does this describe you? <clears throat> when it comes to you leading in your household, at your house, in your home. Do these words describe you? What words? I mean, take a look at them. Wait. I know you, yeah, over here. Show, show this, all right? I'm down a little bit. 
There we go. Oh yeah, there we go. That, leave it there for a minute. All right. Does 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 does. I get in the picture and I'm like, who is that big old head? All right. You know, my, my head is two feet around. I've made, I measured it. Seriously. I just want to see how big is my head? Cause I said, you have a big head. All right. Well, let's find out. Is you're right. It's two feet around. Anyways. So, okay. So does this describe you? All right. Does this describe you in your friendships and your relationships? Oh, <laughs> does this describe you? Integrity. Compassion, discipline, strength, unity. Do these words describe you and your leadership? Period, man. In your house, in your friendships and relationships, at work, does this describe you? At school, does this describe you? Out in the marketplace, does this describe you? When you think about leadership, I want to challenge you to two words on this, on this list right here. All right? Number one, everything. It is essential that all, that everything is done in love. All right? That's, that we recognize that. That love is the key number one component in leadership. Without love, I don't think you're a very good leader if you can't love those who you are leading and we are the church, right? And so this is how we express this. Now they're getting real serious. Look at, well, let's show that word. All right, <laughs> all right, and love. But I wanna challenge you to this, that, 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 the, that the, the, the greatest expression, the, I mean, the biggest expression, the, the beginning expression, the chief expression of love in leadership, again, the chief expression of love in leadership, I wanna challenge you, is humility, is humbleness, is having the humility to lead others, to serve others, all right, to lift others up. Humility. When I start, first started reading the scriptures, man, I'm going through, I mean, this is 26 years ago. I started just, just getting deep into the word of God and recognizing, okay, this is where God wants me. And he was leading me. And, the, and I want to challenge you, man, the, the first two things that, that God told me that he wanted from me, the very first two things that were going to be a staple in my life, he had told me that, uh, you know, two things as I'm reading the scriptures, flipping the pages, he said, I want you to know Jesus. And I want to make Jesus, I want you to make Jesus known. I want you to know Jesus and I want you to make Jesus known. You see, from early on, man, God has challenged me. You know, I believe, I've, I knew I've always, that God had created me to lead, all right? My dad used to always tell me, be a leader, not a follower. Maybe that's gone around here as well. And I, I known that God has called me to lead. Not just me, he's calling you to do the same, all right? This is not about me, this is about we. So kind of hold on with me. I share my personal experiences, but it's for us, all right? So praise the Lord, all right? And I knew he was calling me to lead, but it wasn't until I was 32 years old, man. I gave my life to Christ. I recognized, all right, the context of that leadership. And there I started to discover what leadership actually is. Leadership at home, leadership with my friends, leadership at work, leadership out in the, out, out, out in the terrain. All this, I recognized that, it, that, that, that the chief expression begins with humility. And I was watching Jesus, man. Because he was the greatest example through the pages of scripture, the best example throughout the word of God of humility, uh, of love being expressed through humility is Jesus Christ. All right? and, I, and I'm looking at him and I'm, and I'm wondering, man, I don't know if I can do this because he's, I mean, that is huge. 
right? I, they were, they were, they were, I was reading where they're, you know, getting crazy, man, and they went to go arrest him, and, and Peter went, whoa, I'll, I'll save you. Jesus chops off the cat's ear, and Jesus is like, no, nah, man, dude, you guys are all wrong, all right? And then, and then uh, they said, grab a hold of him, man, and they started getting him all crazy. And Jesus says, you know, told Peter, look, Peter, don't you know, because Peter's like getting ready to just try to throw down, and he's like, man, I could, you know, I could ask my dad, he, I could ask my father to send just a legion, legions of angels, and they'll wipe this whole place out. He says, this is not the way it's going to go. It's going to go differently. This is not just this, this, this powerful uh, overthrow of power here. He went with the greater cause, Jesus did. And I'm reading these pages and I'm recognizing I want to know Jesus and I want to be like Christ so I can make Christ known, all right? And so I started praying over and over and over again for God to help me to be humble. Be careful what you pray for, all right? Because he started giving me opportunities to express humbleness immediately. I'm not even kidding. I'm in circle K, all right? I'm in circle K and I'm getting ready to go up to the counter, right? And I step up, man, I hear somebody go, hey, hey, and push me. I'm like, what in the world? And I looked, I didn't see anybody. He goes, down here. I'm like, guy's about this big, all right? And he's like, you, you, you cut in front of me. Right, he cut in front of me and he was like, he wanted to fight in Circle K with his chocolate milk and his sunflower seeds. I was like, dude, I was like, man. No, I didn't do that. That's not very humble. I said, I knew God was saying, okay, bro, it's on. Sorry, man, sorry. I, I apologize, my fault. And he, he didn't even, he didn't say, okay, cool. He said, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I can't start doing this. You ever have somebody do this to you? I was like, dude, you know, they have medicine for that, dude. He's like, <laughs> like, calm down, bro. And at the time, man, this, I mean, not even, within the next week, all right, me and my wife, we had our, you know, this, the first car, our first saved car, all right, car that we had when we were saved, all right, was this um, little 1980s model Honda, Hyundai, Hyundai, it was a Hyundai, all right, and it was, it was about as big as a Happy Meal box, I'm not even kidding, and we all fit in it, all right, and, and I remember where I'm pulling out of our place, and I'm trying to get in traffic, all right, and this car's zooming, I'm trying to get in, and I look for a hole, and I get out there, I step on it, mm and I'm doing like 10, all right? Um, up to 15. Um, I'm winding this thing out. I'm hitting 25. This paint truck comes up behind me, man. Oh, right up behind me in my rearview mirror. And I see these guys, you know, making, they're, they're giving me sign language, all right? And, I, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing them in my rearview mirror and I'm, they're like all mad at me. And I'm like, dude, I'm trying, man. I got it floored, man. And, and, and sure enough, and then, and then we, we, the, the road opens up to a house because it was like a one lane. It opens up to multiple lanes. They come up beside me, right? And I'm, I'm, like, I'm like this in this little car. <laughs> and I look at it and they went like it. And they just kept going. And I was like trying to tell them, I'm sorry, all right? And they immediately, they wouldn't look at me no more. And we pulled up to a light and, right, and I'm like, hey, hey, me, me, hey. Finally, they looked and I said, I'm sorry, man. That was my fault. I totally apologize. Again, that's right, man. You need to get off the road, blah, 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 blah. I was like, man, God was like, you know what? Humbleness, humility. 
You asked for it. These things come with a test. I didn't know that. I just thought it just happened. You know what I mean? I'm humble. All right. You know what I mean? You have to be tested in these areas. I remember in the church, man, like I said, I knew God was calling me to lead all my life, but I didn't know how. And my first year in the church, and I just want to help. I just want to set up tables. I just want to take out the trash. I just want to do whatever. I just want to be a part. I just, I told the pastors, I said, when these doors open, I just want to be here because I think you people are the people I need to be around now. Right? And then one day the pastor pulls me aside and he's like, I need to talk to you. What's up, man? He goes, I just want to tell you, not try to, don't get you carried away with yourself. I said, all right. He says, I want you to know you'll never be a pastor, okay? He literally told me this. I was like, dude, you need to get off the floor and then you say that. No, Uh, he says, hey, you'll never be a pastor. And I was like, okay. He goes, because your past and the craziness and all that stuff, you know. So I go, dude, I'm just taking out the trash. I'm just helping out with tables and stuff. I ain't even running in that direction, but thanks for, I guess, whatever. And I would ask God, man, how do, you, how do I handle these situations, man? And, and he would say, humbly, 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 man. Every one of these situations required humility because I, I started to learn more and more that this is how he wants his church to lead the world, in humility. In every environment that we find ourselves in, whether it's church, at home, on the, on the, in traffic, at Circle K, wherever the case is, man, he wants us to approach humbly and to lead in humbleness. This is, this is where it all begins, man. Humble before God and even humble before men, even if men don't know God, men and women, even if they don't know God. This is one of leadership's greatest requirements is humility. Because I think, I think through humility, God is better seen, all right, than, 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 than before he's even heard. God is seen. Because we want to go out there and just share our testimony and tell people, blam, 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 blam. But if we express a life in humility, and then we've created an audience to be able to share in humbleness, and then God was seen before he was heard. I think that's, that's pretty awesome. And so we're, we're, we're in this series, right? We're in this series, First Peter, and we're, we're winding down, man. We're coming up, we're coming up to, to the close of this series before we begin a new series. We've got an amazing series planned here in the next few weeks. It's going to be awesome. I'm not going to tell you because it's a secret, all right? And so, um, but it's going to be great because you need to be here to check it out because um, we're actually giving away money. And so, um, yeah, just kidding. Uh, you're like, wow, right on. Um, anyways, yes, but we are giving away money. We're just not giving it to you. We're giving it to, anyways, but anyways, so praise the Lord. So, I just dug myself a hole. Let me get out of here. Okay, wait a second. We're in First Peter's, man, and we're winding to this close, all right? And Peter is talking, you know, he's finishing this letter by talking, by beginning to talk to the leadership of the church in front of the church. He's talking to the leadership of the church in front of the church. And, and I preached this, 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 this passages, you know, a, a bunch of times throughout the years in, in, in church and in private settings and one-on-ones and stuff like that. And the message does not change. The message does not change. But what's cool here is as he's talking to leadership in the church, all right, in front of the church, as we recognize that he, he wants you, he wants the church to hear what he, what God expects from his leaders. And I think this is important because I think it's important that you see what God expects from the leaders of the church. 
to see if the church leaders are leading the way God would have them lead. But I think there's also another reason that he would have you hear the way he would challenge leaders. Because I believe that as you are expecting, you know what I mean? I, I wrote this down because I want to share this, right? When, 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 you, when you have the same expectations from leadership that God has, and, and you know, know that those same expectations are going to be expected from you. They're going to be expected from you. You need to make it your aim to be the same. Say that. Make it my aim to be the same. Let's hear it. Praise the Lord. That's exactly what we're going to talk about. Make it your aim to be the same. So we're going to begin in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. All right, and let's just check out what Pete has to say. So Father, we give you the praise. We give you the honor. We give you the glory, Lord God. In the name of Christ Jesus, we just give you thanks. Lord God, this is your word, Lord God, and, and, and we're so thankful, Lord God, for it. And we just want to honor you back, Lord God, with your word, Lord God, in our life. Uh, Lord, this is your word that, that you're leading to your glory. And we want to take what we do here and glorify you with this, Lord God. Lord God, so we do want to give you the honor and we want to give you the glory. And ultimately, Lord God, we praise you and worship you and give you thanks that you have allowed us to see this for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. Again, remember, consider the context, all right? For, you know, Peter is the apostle. He's the apostle Peter, all right? He is considered uh, today by a lot of people and was considered back then to, to be like the leader of the church, you know, uh, next to Jesus Christ. So a lot of people would put him up on a pedestal. A lot of people would like, you know, whoa, here comes Peter, man. Quiet, let's see what he's got to say. You know, rightly so to hear what he has to say, but, but, but they, would, they would lift him up and Peter didn't want to be lifted up. It's not what he wanted. He wanted Christ to be lifted up. He wanted Jesus to be lifted up. And he's going to express, I love the way he opens up this exhortation to leaders, this, this encouraging uh, a response from leaders to leaders. And so let me just kind of share this with you. First Peter chapter five, verse one says, so I exhort the elders, the pastors, the leaders, the overseers of the church. Um, you know, here people have, I've had people ask us, Hey, well, the, the Bible here says elders, you know what I mean? Scriptures say elders, Well, other areas, it says pastors, other areas, it says bishops or overseers. Um, in this certain context right here, you're going to see those, those, those are, those are kind of shepherd, meaning pastor and whatnot, uh, oversee oversight, meaning overseer. You're going to see them used pretty quickly, which tells me that these are words, these words, these titles on the, are used interchangeably. And so I just say that because people have said to me, why don't you guys call yourself elders? Why don't you call yourself bishops? Why don't you call yourself this? Why don't you call yourself that? Because we call ourselves pastors, period. And we're okay with that. God's okay with that. The words are in agreement with that. And so just kind of get that out there really quickly. And so he says, I exhort the elders, the pastors, the leaders uh, of the church among you. Now check this out. This is where it gets crazy. Peter says, as a fellow elder... Remember, people were, Peter were put, people were putting Peter on a pedestal. They were like, he was this big old dude, man. All right, and Peter says, no, 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 no. I'm just one of you. He says, look, I don't want to be put on a, on, on a pedestal. There should be no pedestals in church, amen? The, the only reason we have is a stage so that I can see the people in the back and the people in the back can see what's going on on stage. That's it. If there was, you know, I don't have a stage at the house. I don't walk home and get on stage and go, okay, Debbie, kids, let's talk. I don't do that, man. That, that would be weird, right? It just does not happen. Plus, I would have to probably go sleep outside. So, um, 
Anyways, so, so that, that, that's not happening. There is no pedestals. And Peter says, look it, man, I just want to make it clear, man, that, that this is not about your pastor. This is not about you, not about you. This is not even about your church. There should be no name lifted higher, all right? Only the name of Jesus Christ. He actually said, you know, when he talked to some religious leaders back in Acts chapter four, he says that there is no salvation in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Peter's basically saying, not even my name. Look at, I'm here with you. I'm on, I, I did this earlier. I'm gonna have to do it again. Check this out. He's basically saying, look at man, I'm right here on the ground with you all. All right, I'm, 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 I'm just, just as much at the foot of the cross with you. No bigger, no greater, no more, no more important than anybody in this room. Peter says, let me just talk to you guys. Arrive from this ground level and remind you, man, you know, and he's going to get crazy as he, he takes it even further here in a minute, that I'm right here with you. That the struggles you face daily, you know, are shared even by your leadership. He goes, let me just kind of talk to you as one of you. Amen. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? All right, cool. Give me about an hour to get back up these stairs. All right. <laughs> All right. And he says, I exhort your, your, your leaders. And he's talking in front of the church. So you can, again, hear, the, hear what he says to the church. All right. They're among you as a fellow elder. And then he uses this, this phrase here that just, it's kind of odd that he would say this. And he says, look, at, I, I exhort you elders, the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ. All right. This is his credentials. This is his, him putting it out there. He's just saying, look, here's my credentials. And at first glance, you think, okay, that's cool. Yeah, witness suffering is Christ. But wait a second. It's funny that Peter would use his most painful experience with Christ as his credentials. I'll share that in a minute. You see, because he could have said, look, at it, I, I exhort your elders as a fellow elder, but, you know, I did walk on water. You know, did walk on water, just so you know. Um, or or, or I, I did, I was on that mountain when, you know, when, when, when Christ was glorified and transfigured and was talking to Moses and to Elijah, I was there. All right. He could have said, you know what? I was there at the resurrection. I was the first one. You know, uh, I, I, I went into the tomb there. I wasn't the first one there. And that guy beat me, but I went in there and I saw that it was empty. And you know what? I, you know, he, I saw Jesus ascend into heaven. He could have said that. Instead, he shares his most painful experience. All right. Because he shares as a witness of the sufferings of Christ. And if you remember when he was there in the garden, all right. And he went to cut that dude's ear off. And Jesus said, no, this is not how it's going to go. All right. He, Jesus let him get her. He let himself get arrested. And then all the disciples boogied. They took off. They split. They went to go hide. And Peter, he didn't go that far, but he went back here so he wouldn't get arrested. And he started following Jesus from a distance. How many of us have followed Jesus from a distance? How many of us have been kind of ashamed to be maybe even identified right up close with Christ? But you know what? We'll follow him at a distance. And you know what? When we go to church and none of our friends that really, really, really know us are at church and we're good. We can follow him like kind of up close. All right. Peter followed Jesus. He's sharing this, this really, really, really intense, all right, you know, painful experience because he followed Jesus at a distance as they arrested him and took him to the courtyard. And they went into this courtyard, all right, and he went in there and warmed himself by their fire as he's watching Jesus get smacked around. Witness to the sufferings of Christ. They're questioning Jesus and bam, they smack him. Right, as, as they're, they're smacking him, somebody says, hey man, aren't you one of his people? And he says, no, 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 man, no. 
How many of us decide not to follow Christ when it's not real popular to follow him? How many of us say, no matter what, man, I am down with you, Lord. Hardcore, man. And then, and then and he's still warming himself by the fire. They're still messing with Christ pretty hard. And he's there by the fire. And another person says, man, hey, weren't you with him? Aren't you? You're one of his dudes, man. He's like, I don't, I don't know him. No, 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 no. All right? And they're getting crazier on Jesus. And finally, about an hour later, somebody says, hey, man, I know you were with him because you even talk like those guys. And he says, look at man. I don't know the man. And immediately he heard like that, the rooster, you know, just kind of crow. It was that early in the morning, whatever they do, all right? <laughs> that was a, they, they actually, never mind, all right? <laughs> they make a noise. It's kind of weird, man, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, I did it again. Never mind, stop, all right? I'm telling myself, stop that, okay, because it doesn't matter. That's what they do. Okay, got it. All right, so <laughs> I knew I can get it. All right, so, so they made that noise, all right, and immediately he remembered, right? And it's one of the, one of the gospels say that at that moment, as Jesus was getting, you know, tore up, he looked at Peter, and they made eye contact. And Peter, man, remember that he said, Pete, man, before morning time, man, before that alarm goes off, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter left weeping, crying, sobbing, just, just, just uncontrollably. And Peter reminds everybody about that. Hey, man, I want to talk to you leaders about leadership. As a fellow leader who failed royally in his leadership, why would he tell us that if not to encourage us that you know what? Every one of us is going to fail. Every one of us is going to land flat on our face. Every one of us. Maybe also he wanted to remind us that we don't have to pretend like we got it all together because guess what? I don't got it all together. And um, newsflash, <laughs> neither do you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and he says, as a, fellow as a partaker in the, in the glory that's going to be revealed because he knew that he had been restored and he knew that there was a restoration. And then he tells us what to do. He tells the leaders, here's what he's telling me. All right, here's what he's telling the other pastors in this church. Here's what he's telling the leaders and ministry leaders in this church. So now you can put us to the test as you hear what God says to us in front of you. But here's what I want you to remember. When you have the same expectations from leadership, all right, that God has, know that those same expectations are going to be expected from you. And you need to make it your aim to be the same. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2, he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to shepherd the flock. Shepherd the flock of God. Shepherd the flock. Shepherd the flock, flock shepherders. Ah, it just sounds weird to me. I don't know who talks like that. All right, I don't talk like that. You don't hear me say much, man. Hey, what are you doing today, Ernie? Oh, I'm shepherding the flock. <laughs> All right, <laughs> waiting for the. No, <laughs> we just don't. You don't. You don't. You don't think like that, right? We're not. We're not. We're not. You know, we don't talk like that. 
But Peter, why are you talking like that? Well, because, man, he is, he, I believe, again, is through this exhortation of leadership, I'm thinking he's constantly being reminded of the leadership of Christ. You see, because after that, 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 that night where he went and wept better, bitterly, and Jesus was, was, that morning when Jesus was beat down even more and just kind of just horribly, horribly beat down and then nailed to a cross willingly, he could have got off that cross any moment. He could have called for legions of angels any moment but he didn't. He went to the cross willingly. Why? Because he wanted, he knew that he was paving a way for you and for me back to God, just a highway back to God through his, through, through, through his blood and through his resurrection. He went through the cross. He died on the cross. They made sure he was dead. They stabbed him. All right. Blood and water came out of his side. All right. They took him down from the cross. They buried him. And for two, for three days, all right, that, that day, that next day, and the next day, the next morning, till that next morning, and he was in that grave. Hope was lost. Hope was gone. At least that's what they thought until that next morning when Jesus Christ rose from the grave, all right? Just like he said he would rise from the grave, all right? Paving that way. Everything that he said now had, it had extreme validity. And you know what I mean? Because he you know, said he was going to die, said he was going to suffer, said he was going to die, said he was going to be buried. And God said he was going to get up. And guess what? He pulled it off. And so I'm going to follow that guy. All right, because of that, after all of that, right, and after all of that, and then he was, he was resurrected, right, Peter went to the grave, and it was empty. He saw that it was empty, and he was tripping, like, okay, what do we do now? What do we do now? All right, and he was, and, and, then, and then he was seen by some of the apostles, and then they all saw him again, and then later on, they, 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 they weren't seeing him. They didn't know what was going on, and Peter said, I'm just going to go fishing, all right? I'm just going to go fishing. The other apostle says, we're going to go fishing with you, and so they went fishing, right, and then, and then that morning, while they were fishing all night. That next morning, they didn't catch anything. There was a dude standing on the side of the lake. And he says, hey, man, bring some of that, some of that catch in here. And they said, we ain't caught nothing. He says, try the other side of the boat. They threw the other side of the boat a great a number of fish. I think it was like 153 fish they got. And it's actually in the scriptures how many fish. And they got and they were pulling it in. And John, the apostle says, it's Jesus. It's the Lord. And, and Peter just jumps in the water and takes off and leaves the hard work to these guys. Sure, Peter, take off when there's all kinds of work. All right. And they're like, and they bring it in and Peter runs to the shore or swims to the shore. And they have breakfast there with Jesus. And Jesus pulls Peter aside. He says, hey, Peter, come here, man. Come over here. And you got to imagine, man, you remember Peter? He just shared the, the, suffering, the sufferings of Christ. He watched. Oh, man, here it comes, right? I'm in trouble. Come here, Peter, come over here. Ah, uh, he says, Peter, he said, you love me more than these guys? Peter says, man, Lord, you know, you know, you know, I love you. I love you like a brother. He said, feed my lambs. All right, all right. Hey, Peter. Yeah, Lord. Come here. Okay. Hey, Pete. You love me, man? <laughs> yeah, Lord. You, you know I love you like a brother, Lord. He said, all right. Tend my sheep. Okay, God, I, I got it, Lord. I got it. I got it. Feed the lambs, tend the sheep. I got it. I got it. Shepherd the flock. I get it. Dude. Hey, Pete. Come here. <laughs> Am I the only one that finds this comical, man? Because it's freaking me out. If I was Pete, I would be tripping. 
What? <laughs> hey, man, you love me? <laughs> you love me like a brother? <laughs> oh, Lord, man, if he got a little bit, you got grieved by this. Like, man, yeah. He says, man, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Okay. Feed my sheep. Shepherd the flock. Now let me ask you. How many times does Jesus have to ask you, do you love me? How many times do you have to remind him that you do? And when you, when, you, when you tell him, yes, Lord, I love you, are you ready to, 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 to love his church? Because that's what he's saying. He's saying, he's saying, do you love me? He says, yes. He says, he says, do you love me? Yes. Love my church. All right. Take care of my church. Feed my church. Nurture my church. Guide my church. Protect my church. And care for my church. All right, when, when this is what is expected of the leaders in your church. And I tell you again, when you have the same expectations from leadership that God has, all right, know that those same expectations will be expected from you. And you need to make it your aim to be the same. He said, shepherd the flock, love, nurture, feed, protect, care for the flock, exercising oversight. He's telling the leaders, all right, I want you to lead leaders. All right, I want you to create more leadership. And then he gives us three things he wants us to watch out for. He says, be careful, man, because it's going to get crazy. And this is, I think, a challenge to every leader, no matter where you're at. He says, I don't want you to do this under compulsion. All right, exercise oversight. Number look at verse two, not under compulsion. I want you to do this willingly, not because somebody's got to do it. All right, well, I want you to do it because you can't wait to do it because you know what, this is your, this is, you know, this is why you've been created to do this. You've been created to do this. You're, this is why you exist, all right, to serve and to lead in the church. And he wants you to do this willingly, not because, you know, you feel that you have to. And he says again, then he goes even further. He goes, he goes, and this, he goes, this is how God would have you lead in the first place. This is not for shameful gain, not because you're going to get something out of it, but because you get to give something in it. What I love about the leadership here at the church, especially, you know, every, every leader that is on staff here, do you know that every leader that is on staff here has served as a volunteer for a, a year or more? A year or more. Because they're doing this, not because they have to, but doing this because they're willing. They're not doing this because they're getting money. They're doing this because God has called them to this work. And we're going to pay them because we want them to focus more and more intentionally on this work so that we can serve more people and reach more people for Christ. He says, I want you to do it for shameful gain. He didn't say not for gain. He says not for shameful gain, not for dishonest gain. I want you to do this eagerly. Like you just cannot wait to serve. And then he says, finally, look at, I don't want you domineering over those in your charge. And I've seen so many, so many leaders just go wrong when they just start forcing their leadership over people. What would change in your household if you decided not to be domineering in your home? What would change in your relationships if you decided not to be domineering in those relationships? 
or change in any area of leadership that you have opportunity to lead, if you would choose not to just dominate and force and you're going to do it or my way or the highway type leadership, what would change if we approached our leadership, if we expressed our love through humility first, like Jesus did? He says, not domineering, but being an example. And I, I believe Peter had so many examples. The night that Jesus Christ, all right, the last night before he was, the night he was arrested, the night before he was crucified, Pete was in the room with the disciples. And Jesus began the night kind of crazy because they're sitting around this table, right? And they're all chilling around this table. And you know, the guys are all just chopping it up. They're just talking about this, talking about that. Every once in a while, they're probably looking at Jesus to see if they hear and he approves of what they're talking about because they're talking about restoring Israel. They're talking about, you know, you know just kind of making all things right. And man, God's going to bring lightning and thunder. It's going to just change everything, man. And people, you know, Rome is just, they're going to be no more and Israel's going to be on top again and kind of thing like that. And they kept looking at him, waiting to see how, how he's going to approach the beginning of the night. And he gets up from the table and then they kind of like, their talking kind of slows down and they look at him and he, he takes off, he takes off his, 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 his outer robe, right? And he just lays it aside and he walks to the door, man, to the servant's table, right? He walks to the servant's table that's right there and they're tripping on him like, what is he doing, man? You know what I mean? And, they, and he grabs the servant's towel, probably a lot more bigger than this one. And it says that he, that he girded it around his waist, right? And he just put it on like a servant. And he, and he grabbed this basin of water that was only touched by the lowest of the lowest servants because feet go in here. And he walked back over to the table right, where they're just reclining and nobody got up, nobody moved. And here is the creator of the universe, man, all right, God Almighty in human form, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, filled with the Holy Spirit, all right, he goes and he kneels before these guys. He kneels, all right, and then, and then, and then he takes this, <laughs> They didn't have foot creams and like, you know, powders and stuff. They just had sandals and dirt and rocks. No pumice stones. No pedicures. I don't know about you, man. All right, but, 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 but you know what? If you come in this door and you want to give me a fist bump, no problem. What's up, man? How you doing? Right on. You want to give me a handshake? I'm there with you. Right on. Cool. You want to give me a hug? I love it, man. You hand me a foot? I don't know how I would handle that. But here's Jesus. starts washing these feet, man. And he's just washing them. And he's drying them. These guys are speechless. He's just drying them. They're speechless until he gets to Peter. Peter's like, hey, I don't know about this. And he's like, Peter, shut up. 
Just shut up. Gotta do this. All right. And then when he finished, went back over to the service table. And he went and sat down. And he says, you guys know what I just did? He says, the servant is not above his master. I just gave you an example of leadership. He's talking to a table that is going to catalyst the world, this, this new, ch- with, this, with this, I, this church that he said he's going to build. These new world leaders. These new world leaders, man. I mean, hey, here's what's crazy. At this time, Rome, okay, you know, they're building the Colosseum. I think I don't know if they had it already or not, but they had these games. And in there, they would they would take these they would take these Christians, right, and throw them in the, in there to be consumed and for for entertainment. All right, these Christians and the leaders were like Nero and Caesar and stuff like that, right? And they were throwing these Peter and James and John, and they're throwing them in in, 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 in into the into into be to be killed by these animals. And, and here's Jesus talking to these leaders. You guys, but they don't look like, we don't feel like leaders. But guess what, man? In many years from now, right, people are going to start naming their kids after you guys. James, John, Peter, all right, uh, you know, uh, Andrew. And they're going to start naming their dogs, Caesar and Nero. <sighs> it's going to happen. He said, look at man, but, 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 but it's only because you have to lead the way I've just led you to lead. Humility, humbleness. I want you guys to understand that we're going to, we're going to lead. If we're going to lead, we need to be willing to lead from the bottom up. Amen. From the bottom up. And this is what you should expect from the leadership in this church. And as you go looking for this kind of leadership in our church, remember this, when you have the same expectations from leadership that God has for leadership, know that those same expectations will be expected from you and you need to make it your aim to be the same. And verse four says, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Now you wanna talk about our lead pastor, our, our senior pastor? There he is, his name is Jesus Christ. He is our senior pastor. He is he is the senior pastor of this church. Believe it or not, I've told some of you this, some of you don't know this, I mean, many of you do, that when we started this church, the people wanted me, they're saying, you're gonna be the senior pastor, right? Uh, no, I'm gonna be the first among many equals of pastors, all right? But Jesus Christ is gonna be our senior pastors, all right? When we filled out the Articles of Incorporation, when we filled out the Constitution of Bylaws, when the IRS was asking for our paperwork, we sent this, this paperwork to them, and it actually says that the head of this company, all right, quote unquote for IRS, the leader of this, Jesus Christ on the documents we sent to the IRS, Jesus Christ is the senior pastor of this church. All right. And so now check this out, man, when they want to call. All right. And we've been waiting for the call. Haven't had it yet, but we're waiting. Hey, wait, 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 wait. All right. We want to talk to this Jesus. Guess what? He wants to talk to you too. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> you know, so been waiting for that witness. All right. But check this out. And that 
that's, and that's what he says. He says, so that's our chief shepherd. This is how we lead. And so now here's your part, verse five. All right, he says this. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Be subject to your leaders. And you have to figure out what to do with that. I'll tell you what it, what it doesn't mean. Here's what it does not mean. A lot of times you see an organizational chart, all right, that goes like this, all right. And you have this top-down leadership, right? All right, and then you serve whatever's over here. And so when we see this, we automatically go to something like this. Okay, we have the senior pastor, leader pastors, pastors, pastors. Be subject to your pastors. That's not how it works here. That's not how it works in God's church. You see, we believe that Jesus Christ, all right, is the lead servant in this church and of the world. He gave his life. Son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Amen. And in his church, all right, he has his shepherds, his pastors, who lead leaders, all right, who lead, you get the point, right? All right, and so Jesus Christ encourages leadership to these pastors to serve, all right, the leaders in this church who serve the people of this church who serve the world. This is how leadership, this is when he says, be subject to the leaders, to your elders. He doesn't say this. He's saying, allow them to lead you to lead this world to Jesus. You got it? Is that clear? Do you understand? So now it's up to you. What are you going to do about this? All right, this is why he says, likewise, be subject to who we are, like uh, our overtime. All right, likewise, who you are, we're just about done. All right, <laughs> give me about another hour and a half. All right, check this out. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. All right, humbleness, humility. When you have the same expectations from leadership that God has, all right, know that those same expectations will be expected from you. Now it is your turn. What are you going to do about it? You have the choice. What are you going to do about it? I want to challenge you the three words, and this is it. I'm not going to preach on this. I'm just going to give you the words. I'm going to give you the, the question behind them. Three words. Conviction, character, and competence. And so when you read this, when you're hearing this message, conviction, how do you understand what God is telling you? How do you understand what you heard? How are you understanding this? Number two, character. What are you going to do about what God is leading you to understand? And number three, competence. How are you going to share it and how are you going to lead others, others in it and lead them to it? All right. I don't know if they're ever going to let me preach again. That was a lot. So, praise the Lord. Amen. See you later. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Sorry. 